The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of Sports Talk New York on WGBB, 1240 AM, 95.9 on your FM dial. You got the doctor, and it has been some time since the doctor, Dr. Rob Freed, has been on the air with you. It's been a lot of, a lot of weeks have gone by, but I'm back! And actually tonight, I have a very, very special show, which brought me back to the air. Uh, before I get into the actual show we're going to talk about, I just have to briefly mention what's going on in New York sports. It's been a crazy wild ride with the Knicks as far as, you know, the Knickerbockers. You got the Rangers playing the Devils in a game seven tomorrow. The Islanders were eliminated, but they made it to the, the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. You had the Nets make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is, is coming back to the, playing for the Jets, and the Jets have a potential future going forward. But tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen, is not about New York sports. It's about a friend of mine who was a legacy in New York sports. And he did a show on WFAN radio, uh, you know, on the other side of the dial over there. And his show was called The Sports Edge. Now, Rick was one of the most unique people I ever ran across. And he drew me to his show basically weekly. Everything Rick brought to his normal radio shows was always a riveting show to listen to, something to uh, call in on, and it was, it, was, it was just it was just unbelievable. I want to give you a little background about Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf unfortunately passed away a few weeks ago of brain cancer. Uh, it came on very sudden. Um, he was doing his shows right up until the end. He obviously uh, was not aware of of his illness, um, but. It happened, and this is tonight's show. I want to dedicate to him some of the people who were uh, on his show uh, as guests, and I just think it's something I really feel needs to be done. Rick Wolf was an American book editor, an author, college coach, broadcaster, and one-time professional baseball player. He was the son of Hall of Famer sportscaster Bob Wolf. He was a senior executive editor at large with Kevin Anderson and Associates and hosted the Sports Edge on WFAN Sports Radio. Wolf was drafted after his junior year at Harvard as a second baseman by the Detroit Tigers in the 33rd round of the 1972 amateur draft. A top athlete at Edgemont High School where he set numerous records in football and baseball. Wolf was an Atlantic Collegiate Baseball League All-Star and as a sophomore played in the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. After signing with the Tigers, Wolf played for the Anderson Tigers in the Western Carolinas League where he hit 246, one home run and 26 RBIs batted in. The following year, Wolf played in the Clinton 1A Pilots of the Midwest League. He batted 229 with one home run and 25 RBIs. Rick went on. He was an assistant baseball coach at Pace University in 1977. And from there, he became the head baseball coach at Mercy College. 
where from 1978 to 1985, he had a phenomenal uh, career coaching over there. By the end of his tenure, the Flyers were nationally ranked in NCAA Division II, and several of Wolf's players went on to professional careers. Wolf was inducted into the Mercy College Sports Hall of Fame in 2005. In 1986 and 88, Wolf worked for ESPN doing color commentary on college baseball games, including the College World Series. He also worked for the MSG Network covering Big East Baseball. In 1989, Wolf was hired to serve as a roving sports psychology coach by the Cleveland Indians. He was on staff there for five years and was awarded a championship ring when the Indians won the American League pennant in 1995. Now, after baseball, Rick pursued his writing and editorial skills after soon stepping down as an active player. He has written numerous books. I mean, no, he had written numerous books on the variety of subjects and hundreds of magazine articles. His byline has routinely appeared in the New York Times, the Harvard Business Review, the Harvard Magazine, Sports Illustrated, Sports USA Today, Publishers Weekly, Psychology Today, and many, many more. Tonight's show is about a legend, a legend in New York radio where he had a weekly show for 25 years, having numerous guests, numerous topics, which we're going to be talking about going forward. Uh, this, you know, in this evening's presentation. My first guest today is Joel Pasternak. Now, Joel started running in 19, in, in the fall of 1965 in high school. 57 years later, he is still going strong. He's accumulated over 131,000 miles. That is five times around the globe, people. In 1969, he's met his, he met his future two winner of the New York City Marathon friend, Tom Fleming. They became great friends and training partners. Tom was Joel's mentor. At Boston in 1974, he placed 28th in the Boston Marathon, running 225 out of 2,300 starters. He continued to compete and has started coaching youth. He's been coaching youth, uh, school, and adult groups, which he started in 1975. Joel has run 16 marathons in his career, and five times breaking two hours and 30 minutes. I'm bringing Joel on tonight because Joel has an interesting story, some remembrances he has of his friend Rick. He hosted a show every year, the day of the New York City Marathon, and I want to bring on Coach Joel Pasternak right now. I want to hear some of Joel's thoughts and his remembrances of the great Rick Wolf. Joel, are you with me? I'm with you, Rob. Thanks for the introduction. So glad, and, uh, so glad to have you, Joel. Joel, uh, basically, you know why you're on here. You, you as well, um, had an interesting relationship with Rick. Why don't you quickly tell the audience how you basically got on the show and your fond remembrances of working with Rick on this particular annual basis, the New York City Marathon. Your love as well as my love. Yes. Well, I had listened to Rick uh, half of those 25 years at least that he was on, and I was very interested in all the different topics that he talked about, especially being a coach and using a lot of his advice because he was just a world encyclopedia of all this information to use to work with youth groups and all different athletics. So I said to myself, the one thing about his show, he's not talking about running. 
track and running in high school is one of the most participated sports in the whole United States. So I said, you know, what would hurt if I sent Rick an email? And let's see, he could not answer me, but at least I tried. Wouldn't you know the type of guy Rick was? He answered me within 48 hours. He heard back from me and said, Joel, that's a great idea. I can't believe I never thought of that. I was like shocked. He says, I'm going to have you on every Sunday of the New York Marathon. This past 2022 was my 11th year with Rick. And that was a wonderful hour we spent. He got such a kick out of my ideas and he took some of my advice. I got to meet him twice. Jack Smithman put on a show at the Fairlawn Boys and Girls Club. And he always, when I came to uh, some of his gatherings, made sure to say, I want everybody to know in the audience is my running guru, Coach Joel Pasternak. And that just made me feel great. And uh, we had such a wonderful uh, relationship, keeping in touch. And when uh, Rob sent me this news, I was devastated like thousands and thousands of other people that he touched. And uh, I still can't believe he's not here. I just I just can't. You know, Joel, I, you know, you said it beautifully. I mean, um, me and you hooked up through, uh, through, through the show, the Sports Edge. You as a coach, me as a, as well as a marathon runner, as, as you know, I just ran Boston again, uh, 40 years to the date. And it's all because of Rick Wolf's show, the Sports Edge, that brought the community together. This is the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful things that Rick did was he treated every single caller with respect. Callers to his show were part of his show. They 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 participated. He listened. He might not have agreed with everybody, but at least he let them voice their opinion, and a lot of his shows were controversial. And that's the beauty of what happened with his particular format, his particular topics. As you know, Joel, it's revolutionary. And the fact that you reached out to him shows the passion you had listening to his topics, listening to his yes. show on, on a weekly basis. And yes, you are the guru. I mean, you, 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 uh, you know, but the fact that, um, all these years you, you worked with him, you did this annual show, uh, and I'm so glad that all of your remembrances with him are kind of the same way I feel. Um, and that this is really what it's about. You know, Rick, uh, he really touched so many, so many people. Um, in every different topic or every different broadcast he brought about. And, you know, when I was going through his, his life history and, and, you know, really reading about, I mean, I knew he was a Harvard grad. I, I knew he, you know, played baseball, but, he did so many things, and he never had an aura about himself. He always would downplay it. He wouldn't talk about it. It was the callers. It was the topics. It was the guests, and we all learned from him. Joe, I'm That's sure there's so many people that learn from you. Anything else you want to bring to the table that you want to let the listeners think about what he meant to you and, you know, any last thoughts? Well, uh, what Rick uh, brought to me was because of his success with the show, the wonderful people I've met through it, and the stories that I've heard, a doctor on his way to work 
put on FAN. Oh, my God, it's Joel, my patient, talking to Rick Wolf. This one going, there's a woman who's a, a doctor who's running. Oh, my! His, his wife is one of my patients. I mean, just the outpouring of people over the years contacting me because of Rick Wolf's show and what he brought to all the listeners. It was just heartwarming, and he, he's so uh, missed. You know, you know, Joel, like you said, um, he touched so many people and everything that, you know, pretty much he brought to the table was so different. It was so unique. He had so many different various topics and, you know, not all of the, not all the topics are, you know, were basically, they were controversial. Some of them were controversial. And, you know, I want to thank you, Joel, for sharing some of your thoughts tonight. Getting on the air with us, letting letting the the uh, listeners hear your thoughts about Rick. Um, this is just one particular, you know, who was who started out as a listener and reached out to Rick and said, you know what, I think I might have something I can offer to the program, and that's the type of guy Rick was. Rick was just like a teacher he wanted to let the audience learn different different type kind of topics and he wanted to engage the audience in the different type of topics you know one of the thoughts that i'm thinking about here is uh i became a listener to rick's show i guess oh over 20 years ago and what brought me to listening to him was I was thinking about my childhood. I was thinking about, you know, calling WFAN radio back when it's origin, original days back in the 1987, 88 years. I was a, a listener. I called in and it was about sports, 24 hour sports, but it was the same type of just same old, same old, the different topics of the day. Um, but Rick's show was revolutionary. It was unique. I couldn't wait Every week, what the next topic was going to be, what he was going to bring to the table. Was it going to be controversial? Was it going to be something that I could learn from? Is it something that might not take my interest? Not every show is something I was that I loved, but every show to me was a must listen. So listening, oh, I'd say over 20 years ago when he was broadcasting different shows, I said, you know, this, this gentleman is old school. He's talking about the past. He's talking about uh, coaching. And, and I grew up in a phys ed background. My dad was an athletic director. He was a coach. And um, it's funny. I, I, I have to just quickly share this story um, because I even told Rick it's, <laughs> this story, which is amazing. There was a uh, Woody Allen, the great actor, uh, I guess director, producer of all these famous movies, my dad, there's a line in one of his movies from Annie Hall, and the line goes as follows. Uh, if you can't do, you teach. And if you can't teach, you teach phys ed. And, you know, a lot of teachers and phys ed teachers kind of got annoyed at that. But there's a little story behind that. My dad, when he got out of the Army, he played one year of minor league baseball in the New York Giants organization. And then he started working at Midwood High School. Woody Allen was his student. And Woody Allen was probably the only student my father ever failed. He actually failed Woody Allen and, and mainly because he just, cause they just didn't, they had some issues. Woody, you know, wouldn't come to, uh, to class or whatever. But, um, the bottom line is 
that particular story I brought up. And when I when I think of Rick, I think of all the amazing uh, topics that 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 he pretty much brought to the table. And you know, that's just one quick story with me. So I would I would listen in. I even went initially to one of his speaking engagements, and I would listen to. Him talk to different parents about, you know, youth sports and, um, you know, a particular topic might be, well, when is it, when is the right age to start teaching, you know, uh, a, a child or, or a young, a young, a young kid a particular sport. Rick was a believer as well as I am a believer and a, a lot of the, I think, listeners are to let a young athlete be well-rounded. Develop all the different skills, hand-eye coordination. Um, there's so much that we talk about, you hear about specialization out there now. Rick, you know, was a kind of a believer in that. That was one of the things Rick believed in is having specialization. But I think we always we talk about the best athletes usually are the well-rounded athletes. And that was always a topic, one of a big topic he'd have on. He'd have parents calling in. He'd say, you know, Rick, I, my, my boy um, got him interested in, in playing ice hockey. I got him on skates at two. And this is what he does. And you know what? In theory, there really is no right or wrong when you should start an athlete or a young child or, or an individual playing a particular sport because there really is there is no right or wrong. But one thing Rick at least brought to his to, to his topics was discussion. And that's what he was looking for. This was most of the time not a right or wrong answer, what Rick was, was talking about. Rick pretty much um wanted the audience to engage. And when I think about this man who was a Harvard grad, and, you know, he, he played baseball. He came from a background of his father, one of the most famous uh, sports announcers in the country, as well as in the metropolitan area. Um, he never, ever would talk much about his dad. The only time he'd bring up his dad was if, you know, someone brought it up to him on the air, that they, oh, I heard I heard your dad, I used to listen to your dad all the time doing Nick games with Cal Ramsey, or that, you know, Don Lawson's perfect game or the 58 championship game. Rick never would talk and embellish his father because Rick was Rick. Rick was his own person. Rick had his own uh, criteria going forward, and he was really a well-self-made man. He had a passion, and he never, ever had an aura, which is something um, unusual nowadays, an aura of arrogance. He really was very laid back, and he would never talk about himself unless someone would ask him a question. The man was, in my opinion, one of the kindest one of the warmest uh, individuals that I pretty much ever ran across, and that's really tonight's show for me. Back in uh, 2020 when COVID hit, sadly I developed a bad case. I was one of the first people to get COVID, and Rick helped save my life. Rick actually is one of the reasons why I'm actually sitting opposite this microphone today talking about his life. What happened was I um, developed a bad cough from the COVID, and months later I was out on a run, 
and I started, you know, having some blood coming, coming out, coming out of my mouth. And I said, you know, this isn't good. I, I better get this checked out. So I, uh, was listening to a show Rick was talking about on, on one particular Sunday and he had a cardiologist on and they were talking about, uh, myocarditis post COVID. And I listened and I said, Oh boy, I, I, you know, this is not my heart. It's my lungs, but you know what? This is still fascinating. It's very interesting. I, I still should get this checked out. I went to a uh, pulmonologist. He had my lungs checked. He said, you know what, y- y- your lungs are going to be fine, but let's take a CAT scan anyway to make sure that uh, it's nothing more serious. As it turned out, the lungs were, lungs were fine, but we found uh, on the CAT scan coronary plaque. And I said, what? Coronary plaque? And then I thought about... You know, the, uh, Dr. Zimmerman who was on with, uh, Rick after COVID. And I was thinking about that particular, uh, uh, show. And I said, you know, I better talk to my, my doc, my, my you know, my, my intern. So happens to be a cardiologist. And, and he, and he gave me, he walked me up. He had me do a stress test. The guy who runs marathons is out there doing a stress test. I ran 15 minutes on a treadmill and they said I failed. Turns out I had a blockage. In my widowmaker, and it's all because of Rick that I was able to be saved. Rick's show by having a cardiologist on, I never would have thought about it. So his particular, his particular situation, okay, that he brought on a specialist because there was some questions about does COVID affect the heart? We know it affected at that time the lungs, and it still does. But they were finding issues with, with, with cardiac issues. And at that particular time, he put them on, I, I, and I got myself checked out. So, you know, this is one of the most, uh, to me, amazing stories. I kept telling Rick afterwards, you know, Rick, you saved my life. You and Dr. Zimmerman, he said, Robert, I, 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 you saved your own life. And that's how humble, how humble a man he was. He said, you saved your life because you listened and went to the doctor and you followed up. I said, Rick, that is true. But because your show was so informative and all the different topics that you would bring up on your particular show was, you know, pretty much why. Why I got, you know, I, I listened and I got myself checked out. You know, and, and it's something when I think back to it, uh, very, very, Fond memories uh, of, the, of this situation with uh, having to go through what I went through and Rick having to save my life. And here I am talking uh, well over two years later, feeling great, running running still, no problems, just finished the Boston Marathon. Um, but part of what Rick's show did, he gave me an opportunity because after I listened to a lot of his different topics, I found them so fascinating I reached out to a couple of the different people he had on the show, and we actually became friends. I must say, one of the closest people in my life, okay, that I got an opportunity uh, to, to have a chance to meet all through Rick was the great Hall of Fame coach, Jack Smithlin. Now, Jack Smithlin was a regular on, uh, you know, the Sports Edge. He called in almost every single week for six hours. Excuse me, for six years. And he was riveting to listen to because Jack 
always had a point that was right on target. I think I, I don't think I ever disagreed with anything Jack ever brought to the table. And one day when he was on in his first, I think, I think his first show, I decided I think I should go out there and, um, you know, basically give this, look this guy up and give him a call because I was so, so interested in what he pretty much represented by being a, a Hall of Fame coach and, and, and his, his, his attitudes and, and his old school thinking was very much like my dad. And I even said to Jack, I go, Jack, you really remind me of, of my dad. And he was really, really touched about that. And Jack has decided, you know, going forward, he wants to pay tribute to Rick in his own way. But, you know, he sent me something and I'm going to read it verbatim. Because Jack is a very, very big part. Mr. Jack, Coach Jack Smithlin, is a very big part of my life and was a very, very, very close friend of Rick Wolf. And he writes to me tonight, Rob, you know me as well as anybody. We've been friends as long as Rick and I have been friends. We're family. I'll say this. The first day I talked to Rick... I knew we would be close friends. We talked or text almost every day for close to six years. Rick is the reason I'm family with Dr. Rob Freed. And yes, Jack, we are family. We're always going to be family. Rick was my inspiration, Jack says. He had a way of convincing me to do things I've never thought I would be doing before. We've done shows. We've worked on a book together, and this and it was the psychology of sport. Jack, by the way, I'm cutting into his little note. Uh, Jack has read literally probably about a hundred different psychology books. He is passionate about the psychology of sport, and this is something that fascinated me, and I think probably fascinated Rick because he was a psychologist. Jack goes on to say he mentored me in conducting symposiums about youth sports. He dedicated a red print book he wrote in 1999 to me. I received as a gift his copy of his audio book, The Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, one of the greatest books I've ever read. Jack goes on to say, I loved Rick. He was a true definition and he highlights this in capital letters, class. Jack, you could not have said that better. One of the greatest people I've ever known. I miss you every single day, and I love you. Love you, Rick. And that is that is Jack. Jack, that was absolutely beautiful. I got to read it on the air. I didn't want to paraphrase it. And it is something that, going forward, uh, was one of the most beautiful uh, statements I, I, I think I, I, I've ever read. You're bringing me to tears, and I'm, I'm sure you were probably at tears when you were writing, writing this. My next guest, who was left a, lot, a big impression on me as well, is a gentleman named Bill Mitara. I'll have to want to pronounce it right, Bill Mitaratona. Bill has a story 
and has a uh, a fascinating story. And it's really the essence of Sports Edge. Because in my, at least it, it, coming from me, I think his story, other than maybe meeting up with Jack uh, and getting that opportunity to become friends all these years, and, um, you know, Bill's story is probably one of the greatest feel-good stories you're, you're ever going to hear about. He wrote a book called The Last of the Redmen, and it's the coming in of age about an underdog named Billy Mataratona from Rosedale, Queens in New York. His memoir chronicles a supportive relationship between Billy and his father, Angelo, who used sports to teach lessons. Billy went through personal setbacks as a teenager that he needed to overcome. He loved the game of basketball, but was cut from the Archbishop Malloy basketball team all four years in high school. With the guidance of his father, Angelo, he did not quit despite the odds and played Division Three basketball for Jim Graffin at Westbrook College in Portland, Maine. After two years, Bill had to move back to Queens to take care of his family and continued his education at St. John's University. The book is about, goes on to talk about how he became a walk-on on the St. John's basketball team after never playing a minute of high school basketball. How'd you get there? It's an unbelievable feel-good story. I have to bring on Bill after the break because his story and talking about the topic of today, uh, Mr. Rick Wolf, is just utter fascinating. We'll be back with you on WGV Sports New York after the break. You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. And you're back here with the doctor, Dr. Rob Freed, on the second hour of Sports Talk New York on WGBB. And yes, we are worldwide. We're on 12.40 a.m., 95.9 on your FM dial. And the Internet. Isn't the Internet an amazing thing, ladies and gentlemen? Now, you can be sitting in Alaska right now and listening listening to me out here on Long Island. I know I got plenty of friends listening uh, to this broadcast. They, they were fascinated to hear what I'd have to say about Rick tonight. But prior to the break, I was introducing my next guest uh, who wrote a phenomenal book, The Last of the Red Man, Bill Mataratona. Bill, are you with me? Dr. Rob, how are you doing? Oh, Bill, other than the fact that what the show's about tonight, yep. I'm doing okay. Um you know, as I said in the discussion to bringing you up and what you, your story meant to me, it's the, in my opinion, you know, and obviously we're just talking about individuals, we all have our own favorites, but your particular story stuck in my head 
it, it's the greatest, one of the greatest stories I have ever heard. Number one, because when we were, when I listened to it and, and went through the book, your, your dad was a basketball player over at Erasmus. My father was over at Midwood. He coached against Erasmus and his best friend, um, Bernie Kurzel was over there when they found, when, 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 uh, Dean Smith came up in the sixties and, you know, and, and, and they found Billy Cunningham and, um, you know, your dad was coached by, uh, Albert Dane, another one of my father's, uh, friends from way, way, way back. And obviously all these people are all gone now, uh, as time marches on. But, Bill, why don't you share a little about how you met up, uh, or, found Rick or um, give me a little history of, of, of how you got involved with the Sports Edge and your remembrances of Rick. Well, thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I um, my, Well, I worked at WFAN as an intern back in the early 90s, and uh, I was always a fan of WFAN. I mean, I listened to it constantly. And, and then, you know, when you go to play uh, softball on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock games, there was always this great sports show on, you know, in the early 2000s. So you get up, you, you listen to the fan in the morning, and I'm hearing Rick do a show on Sunday mornings. I'm like, this guy's really talking about great subjects. You know, he really, he gets it, you know, as like you were talking about before. He talks about great subjects and cutting edge. So, you know, when I wrote my, when I wrote my story and wanted to publish it, one of the first people I sent it to I mean, the book came out on Thanksgiving 2018. I mailed him a copy the first week of December. He read it in like six days, got right back to me, and tells me how much he loves it, and he wants me on the show right before Christmas 2018. And I, I couldn't believe the, the, the turnaround. I mean, he he's such a brilliant individual, a voracious reader. He, you know, obviously he's a writer and and he got right back to me and says, I want you on for the whole hour. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, Rick, this is amazing. He goes, oh, we're going to have fun. You know, I'll, I'll call you back. We'll set it up. And uh, and it was probably, I mean, along with just, you know, I kind of did this book by myself. You know, Last of the Red Men went way beyond my expectations as far as sales. But the message got out. But one of the biggest reasons was Rick. I mean, he, he got me on the air in like two weeks. Um and in his words, he told me this later on. He said, "Bill, it was probably one of the top five shows I've had in my twenty plus years on the fan." And I was like blown away by that. I I couldn't believe um, he said that to me. So he was always so humble, you know, kind and classy, a, a true gentleman in every sense of the word. You know, Bill, just what you just said, uh, and that's what all of us. It's funny that. You know, they've done stats on this point one percent, maybe less, of listeners that listen to, you know, the radio station on, on, on call-in shows actually make a call. <laughs> they, there's so many people that never call. They just want to listen. It's entertainment. They want to, you know, hear what's, what the topics are, whatever, whatever show they're listening to. And that's the thing that for all the people that would call in, Thousands and thousands and thousands of people would be listening. And like you said, now, I was actually, not, wasn't even aware, uh, till you, you know, you, you filled me in that you actually work at WFAN and that you were re obviously a regular listener and you immediately thought, you know, I, I, I gotta, I think this would be an interesting topic. And the fact that he listened, and this is the kind of stuff Rick did, right, Bill? This is this is what he did. He looked for different ideas and different topics that are not mainstream. How many times can we hear about talking about you know the game of the day and, and, and picking it apart? But Rick would 
thoroughly prepare. He would think all week of a topic. That I do know. Because I would text him once in a while, Bill. I'd say, you know, um, Rick, what, what's the topic this week? You know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're going to do this particular topic on parents and craziness of parents. And I said, okay, that sounds fascinating. And, you know, we got some really interesting uh, stories about that going forward that are popping up in the newspaper, and we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit the audience with it, and he would bounce it off. And this is something that is so different. Is, am I right, Bill? Isn't this something that is so different in sports talk radio nowadays? It's, it's brilliant, Rob. He can't, you can't talk about these things enough, and to give people their voice, which is what he did so much, um, is special, especially when you, you know, you might listen to another show and they might not take a call for three hours. And as you know, WFAN was built on taking phone calls. You know, uh, there's only a handful of guys on the station. I know Richard Neer always took great phone calls. Um, you know, there's other, there's other people out there, but, um, the one thing he did for me, uh, four months later in, in, in April of 2019, he had me on for another hour. From a perspective of a former college athlete, talk about that, then transition into being a, a basketball softball coach on the high school level, and then he transitioned to me being a father now looking on from the outside, and what do you do as a father of someone, you know, let's say you're watching your son play basketball, do you critique that coach, do you, do, you know, from that perspective, and he really asked some great questions about what it's like being in all three phases. And, and what we did talk about a lot is that sometimes parents don't know how to navigate how to handle what's going on with their children in youth sports. And that's probably the biggest problem today. You know, you know, Bill, you made a great point. You know, um, my background, and, it's, and you know what's amazing? Rick, he, he did not have like a, a teaching, a true teaching degree. But, I mean, you don't have to. He, he obviously was an athlete. He he was a coach at, at a very very high level, multiple you know mo- multiple schools, um, as well as all his all his other attributes. But the one thing that he he liked as well to listen to us, the callers. He was he was a learned man, and it wasn't about him having to vent everything out. Part of his show that I found so great was listening to all the different callers who would call in and give their perspective. And he would say, I, I'm not going to think about it. Even if he would 100% agree with the caller, he always would find one minuscule thing. He'd say, you know what, uh, Steve, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. Now, maybe 90% of it he didn't like. But that one particular point that might have came out of 10 points, he would say, that's a great point. I, I think you're right on on that particular point that you're bringing up and he never ever because he was so classy and such a great listen and and an interviewer you know bill that's the thing you know that's a skill that's a skill to be able to sit down and uh be so well-rounded i i think um for instance as an example he didn't know much about running He, 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 he 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 that wasn't his forte so my previous guest joe pasternak contacted him because he was a regular listener. He said, you know, did you ever have did you ever think about doing a show on running? And he said, that's a great idea. We'll do it once a year. Your show. 
New York City Marathon morning. We're going to talk running. We're going to talk about shoes, about injuries, whatever. It's your show. We'll get into it because it's the day. It's the annual event here in New York City. And that is so brilliant and so, I'm going to use the word, rare. Yeah. There's nobody like that anymore, Bill. There's, there's, I shouldn't say nobody, but it, it's something that in this, in, in the type of, uh, world we're living in now, um, everybody just wants to get out there and, and, uh, you know, about me, 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 instead of, I think, giving back. And in all the years he was on the air, now he had the longest running show. Yep. On WFAN. He was there for 25 years. Now I understand it was a weekly show. It was only once a week for an hour, but it really was riveting. I could not wait till Sunday morning or when I usually find out on Saturday or Friday the topic of the day. I would sit home, Bill, and I'd write down, hmm, I think this is an interesting topic. You want to talk about, um, Violence that violence that amateur games between yeah. uh, parents, let's say, going after uh, umpires or or referees. And I said, you know, what could I add? What could I add to this particular topic? And he made me think. And that's something that is so rare nowadays. And and, and I'm you know I I think Bill you hit you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, um. What's going forward right now? Uh, with, 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 I mean, I know, I know you've done phenomenal with the book. It's it, and any everybody, if you wanna, um, if you're listening to Bill talk tonight, uh, there's a book called The Last of the Red Men. It is an unbelievable read. It's a feel-good story. It's a story about Bill and 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 his childhood and his life and how he basically was found in the streets. And got to a D3 college, couldn't make his high school team, and just by participating and playing in pickup games when he had to come home, uh, to take care of his family, he, um, he got, became a walk-on and played Division One basketball and, you know, that to me is, being a, being a college athlete myself, there's, there's nothing like being in the locker room, being with your friends, it lasts a lifetime. Bill, how, how's what's going forward now with with the book? The uh, I know you, you you're looking possibly to do a, do a play on this story. Well, where are we at? So I, I it's funny that you say that. Uh, I just spoke to Rick in December, and I told him, Rick, I had just just finished my screenplay based on the book, and I wanted to let you know. And he got right back to me, and his exact words were. When you get financial backing for this story, you'll be the first. I'll, I'll have you on immediately. Like not not if it's going to happen. He said when it happens, and that's important to hear from someone you respect so much because he knows this is a good story that has to be told. Um, shopping my screenplay around right now, actually, and and there's been some interest, and it's been fun to go through the process. You know, you, you send it out to people, they give you your feedback, you know, they give you some ideas going forward. And, you know, it's like you said, it's a feel-good story. I think it's something that society needs right now, something uh, to go back to the 80s and 90s to look back upon and, and have a couple of laughs and, you know, cry a little bit and, and enjoy. And, and I think there's a there's a whole generation of people out there who would appreciate going to see something like that. So I think, you know, we're we're working forward. We're going forward with it. Um, there's a lot to there's a lot to do with it, but I'm enjoying the process. 
Well, I must say, you yourself, a coach, an educator, an athlete, a, a parent, uh, a husband, you've done you, you, you've done pretty well for yourself in life, and this is really what it's all about. It's about feel good stories, your story, uh, the way you connected with Rick, and it and and it's because his show was so unique and and, and so different. He jumped at it. When you brought it to him, he said, I got a book here. I got a really interesting story for you. I, I, I can, well, I mean, I can only imagine the conversation. Did you guys talk on the phone with him about it or did you, was it through emails? How, how did that actually you know, go down when, when the first he, conversation happened? As soon as he finished reading it, he emailed me and said, we have to talk. <laughs> and we talked for about an hour and, and the greatest laugh that he got out of the whole story was when I was entering into the game for the first time at St. John's. And then on the air, he got such, I've never heard anyone laugh this much. I told him the story about when I got to the scorer's table to get into the game for the first time at St. John's, and, and the great Bob Shepard was doing the game. And I guess no one had sure, told Shepard, Bob. He, did, he was always doing, the, he did the Giants at Yankee Giants, Stadium and, Yankees, and, the, yeah. and the Yankees. Right, and Bob hadn't gotten the notes that myself and another walk-on had made the team, so... Bob Shepard puts his hand over the microphone and he says, "Son, what's your name?" And and I said, "What's your name?" And number thirty-one, Billy Mataratona. And then the horn sounded, and Bob had this look on his face, like, "Uh-oh." And then and then I told you know Rick the story that you know all you heard was number thirty-one, Billy. Number thirty-one, like he paused and couldn't say anything. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's Rick the way he would talk. Right, and laughed. And laughed. I mean, on the air, like he probably laughed for a good fifteen seconds, which is a long time. And he got such a kick out of that. So he goes, "I got to get you on this week," you know. And um, he was just—I mean, you want to talk about a genuine human being who takes time out of their busy schedule to read a book? That I mean, people must have been sending him things all the time. I'm sure as a sure. very popular radio host, you know, they're sending them, and he takes the time out of his own schedule to read the book in like six days and and gets right back to me and we had this great conversation he goes this is going to be great right before christmas and it was i mean i've been i'm still hearing about it from people oh i heard you on rick wolf's show that was five years ago well you know what that that's that's just amazing how he left this legacy and you know bill the beauty of what you did Okay, and you know the beauty of books. Like Rick wrote so many books. His mentor was a was a gentleman named Harvey Dorfman, who was a psychologist as well. And 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 I think that was, I believe that was where he got a lot of his early information. But if you think about what he did, number one, when you're when you write a book, and this is something I would love to do. I'd like to. I have some personal ideas about how I would like to proceed on some of the situations that um, I could add to the world. Uh, but you know, when that book is in print, Bill, uh, whoever writes a book, it's there forever. It is now something that anybody could go back uh, and look back on. Um, it's kind of funny because you know I, I had an article written about me. Uh, and I know it's not a, it's not about me, but it's kind of what we're talking about with writing and and and, and how Rick touched us all. Um, Newsday, the local paper, had contacted me, and I they interviewed me because I ran uh, the, my first Boston Marathon in 1983 as a 22 year old. Wow! And I ran on uh, two weeks ago. Uh, qualified again, I, I, 40 years later. And they told me uh, at the BAA, the Boston Athletic Association, I'm the only runner 
that qualified back in 83. Mainly, you think about it, just by attrition, it's, wow. it's 40 years. I mean, if, I don't happen to be a kid, so when you're in college, you know, 40 years, I'm, now I'm in my 60s, but let's say someone's 35, they'd be 75. But this is what you did. What Rick did, he, you know, he, he wrote books on, on so many great books of psychology and for, for parents to read about teaching their kids, you know, sports and, and, and he would reference them once in a while. But here's the crazy thing. He never brought it up on a regular basis. Right. It wasn't about Rick. It was really never about Rick. Right, Bill? I mean, it was always about the topic of the day. And what the callers had to bring to the table and, and his love and passion for, for what, you know, what, what he, what he wanted to do. Engage, Bill, he wanted to engage us. He wanted to make the audience part of the show. And that's how we felt. You know, and he, I remember Rick saying on the show, Bill, um, that, you know, I've never really met many people. But you're all like family to me mm-hmm. because you call in, a lot of calls would call in on a weekly basis or fairly often. And uh, they became his friends. And that's the power of radio. And that's the power of what this man did for all of us. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I had on a guest earlier talking about his, his meeting with Rick, your meeting with, you know, your, your situation with Rick, uh, one of my best buddies, Jack, um, Smithlin, Hall of Fame coach who, who wrote a, he wrote down some stuff. I chose to read it. He said, do what you want with it. He said, no, Jack, this is, I, I'm not going to paraphrase this. It's too powerful. It's coming from your heart. And I think, um, that's what Rick was all about. He he actually came from his heart, and it wasn't made up. It wasn't written down, you know, and read off of a read off of a page. He pretty much came up with an outline, came up with a weekly topic, and entertained us. But it wasn't always about entertainment, Bill. It was about making us think and to be able to participate. And I can't tell you how many. People that I've run across, and they've heard me call the station WFAN so many times. But in reality, I always found that his show was the one that engaged me the most. Maybe because it brought me back to my childhood. But isn't that what it's about, Bill? About our childhood, about our memories, about sports. And and, and his particular show truly was the most revolutionary show um, that 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 ever that station, in my opinion, has ever had, uh, and and it's so sad that it it, it you know it, it's not going to be on anymore. But you know the podcast will always be there. Um, we can always go back and and listen to his, his his great shows and topics. You could go back and hear yourself. I could go back and hear a phone call that I maybe made two years ago because they're out there. And um, Bill, I just want to really thank you for joining me tonight on WGBB Sports Talk New York Radio, a very, 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 very special show uh, talking about the great legend uh, Rick Wolf, who sadly passed away um, on April 10th of brain cancer. Bill, I wish you all the best. We'll keep in touch, okay? Thanks, Rob. A great human being and Rick. Great human being. Thank you. 
You got it, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to WGBB Sports Talk New York Radio, 95.9 on your FM dial, 1240 on your AM dial. And, you know, it's been a while since I've been on the air, and it's been, for me, um, a very emotional show, mainly because um, I'm giving a tribute to a very good friend, someone I, I, I knew, I'm going to say at least definitely on the radio for about, 20 years, but met him numerous times, speaking engagements. Um, we, we talked. The man, in my opinion, did save my life because he brought a, a cardiologist on to talk about, uh, possible situations with COVID and the heart. And I had it, I had a, a lung issue checked out, which turned out to be actually a cardiac issue. So life is kind of strange that way, but he really was a phenomenal, phenomenal man. Um, I'm going to miss him dearly. I miss his show every week. It's only been a couple weeks now, but every Sunday and today is Sunday. I, I really felt in my heart. That this had to be done. I had to uh, come on on a, on the airwaves and and talk about my friend, uh, someone who meant so much to me, and and so much who meant so much to so many people, thousands and thousands of people. I can't tell you how many uh, emails he that 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 my friend Jack Smithen would, would would tell me. He gets emails all the time from his friends. He set up chat groups. Um, uh, during the show and after the show to talk about the topic of the day, I would call up Jack and I'd say, wow, what'd you think of that show? That was really a great show. I agree. And, you know, and, and, and they were so different. Everyone, he, you know, he brought up, he was one of the first people to bring up, uh, amateur athletes going pro. Now think about a high school kid. Now, they, they, now the rules are, you know, it used to be if you were in high school or college. I remember when I was in college, uh, I had to wear my Adelphi uniform lining up at the Boston Marathon. I, I, I had to represent the college, and, and the only money I got was meal money when I would travel to a meet, usually uh, lunch or dinner, whatever time of the day it was. Uh, but that was it. There, there was nothing. There was just meal money so we, we could eat. And... Now we have professional high school kids, you know, and this is how much the world has changed. Whether you like it or not, this is pretty much what's what's going on, okay, in, in the world, okay, we, we, with sports. We, we've changed. We've gone 180 degrees. He brought up situations. He One of his favorite words was the wild, wild west. We're living in the wild, wild west. I, I can still hear him saying it to this day. Um, and we really are. The world—it's like we're, we're in the—we're in the world—we're in the wild west right now, and this is one of his fun topics or one of his fun sayings. He would always say he brought up a, a couple controversial uh, topics. One I'll throw out there: in fact, it was supposed to be his last show uh, on transgenders. Um, is it fair? Is it fair that a a a, a, um, a a person who is a male becomes a female with and is able to participate? Uh, in, you know, as a female, we're really, they still kind of have some of the male tendencies or hormones in them. Is that fair? Okay. This is one of the topics that was really, really tough for him to discuss because you, you people want to be politically correct. He had the courage to do this. Okay. To bring it to the forefront. Um, generally speaking, this is the type of shows 
He brought, you know, he brought medical shows. If there was, and he would like to, uh, go a little off on the beaten topic if there was something that came out in the news, in the sports world, no matter what was going on, he would go after it and grab it. Some somebody talk about, you know, uh, a fight down in let's say uh, Georgia or something between uh, a parent, you know, punching an official. I mean, and he what he really wanted to bring to the uh, to the show was discussion and 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 let his listeners think. You know, Rick, I love you. I miss you. And I miss the show already, and it's only a couple weeks. Um, I know his family uh, was absolutely in shock and devastated, as as we all are. I'm hoping, I'm hoping going forward uh, that there's going to be some type of a show similar. No one could ever, ever take over the place of, of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. But the topics and the ideas of this particular show that he brought unique and just really over the top needs, needs to be continued. So all I could say is Rick Wolf, rest in peace, my friend. I'm going to miss you. I love you. And there's definitely going to be a void in my life. You've been listening to the doctor, Dr. Rob Freed. On WGBB Sports Talk New York, 1240 AM, 95.9. Thank you to my guests, as well as Brian behind the, uh, Brian Gray's behind the, behind the, um, glass tonight. Running the show, uh, hope to be with you in the future. And it's been a blast, uh, on a topic that had to be discussed. Everybody have a great week. Views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.